Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening, I'm William Hosea and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast and our 16th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening and hello, I'm Liz Mitchell. African-American genealogy research in the United States can be a challenge and very discouraging namely due to sketchy and lost records, especially before 1870 when slavery was widely practiced. In genealogy, it's important to note that no matter how much time and money you spend on your research, unless you are well-organized, you will probably frustrate yourself and your opportunity for finding out the truth about your family. One good rule of thumb is to always start with the known and work towards the unknown. Other great tips include start with yourself, gather family information, interview your relatives, write for copies of records, follow up on death record clues, search the census reports and other federal records and national archives. Finally, search state and county records. There are many free quality family tree software programs that can be used to organize your research. And to help us dig further into this topic, we invited two guests to share their stories and strategies. Joining us are Angelus Robinson Smith, who grew up in rural Thomasville, Alabama. She is a passionate genetic genealogist who devotes most of her time researching and hosting the Facebook group, Alabama Black Belt Genealogy. We also have Catherine Broughton, who is from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but now resides and works in Denver, Colorado. She's a software developer for the state of Colorado and, pays, and plays rugby for the U.S. national team. She joins us to share her remarkable journey from being adopted as an infant to finding her biological family through the help of Ancestry.com and Angela Smith and our co-anchor, William Hosea. To our guest, welcome to Bring It On. We're so glad to have you. Glad to be here. Okay, and and thank you for being here. Um, I want to start off and ask uh, Angelus if you could just tell us a little bit about Alabama Black Belt genealogy. Yes, the uh, Alabama Black, uh, Black Belt genealogy um, uh, is a network of counties and. Uh, about 17 counties in southwest, central and southwest Alabama. Um, it uh, encompasses a lot of the uh, most deprived, uh, economically um, uh, deprived areas uh, like Wilcox County, Perry County, 
Choctaw County, those counties that have you know, high unemployment rate but low educational attainment rate. Um, when I started the group, it was so that we could um, f- find out, or especially through genetic genealogy, we could connect the dots of the people who live in those counties because we all share so many of the same surnames, the same history, uh, but yet there's a great divide between some of the counties, for example, Clark County, um, Monroe County, counties that are directly around those counties in educational attainment and economics. The demographics are also a little bit different, and but uh, the impact of being side by side with counties that are impacted by low education attainment and, and economic um the economics are so were so terrible that you know they were on CNN and and all of those shows that um oftentimes you know you know people get grant money because of those candidates now I, I'm going around just to, just to say also the reason I'm taking a little bit of time because I want people to understand exactly where we are and what the issues were. And one of the biggest issues that we had was a lot of gang activities in those Black Bear counties. And because they didn't know who they were, that they were all connected, it was always a big issue of them against us. So when I started the, uh, the research on the Alabama Black Bear, it was because I was so familiar with all of the areas because of my work that I wanted to show the young people that they had a lot in common rather than nothing in common in order to reach out to them so that they can begin to have um, uh, or goals. They will have goals that, um, that would allow them to complete high school, go on to college and not engage in self-destructive behavior. And that's why I started that the Alabama Black Belt Research uh, Group uh, so that we could all communicate and come back together because we had been separated so long, uh, but just the knowledge of who we were. Uh, and I hope that kind of answers your question, but that's what it's about. It's about bringing all those counties together that are considered to be some of the poorest counties in the United States. And everybody, this is a closed group, right? It's a closed group. It's a private group because I wanted people to feel comfortable in reaching out to not only me, but other people who uh, may need the help they need, like, for instance, through adoptions or just not knowing who they were. uh, and I didn't want them to, to feel uncomfortable in doing that. This is information that's kept within the group. Uh, even though a lot of research goes on, there are a lot of people who simply needed the help. They needed the help knowing how to access information, how to find that relative that's lost, that grandma, grandpa that I never know knew anything about. But most definitely the, the people who have been adopted. Uh, who had who didn't know who they were. That was my main focus for for starting that group. As far as um, um, the gene, the genetic genealogy part of it. Liz. Yes, I wanted to know when when you're helping people that are adopted 
find their biological par uh, parents. Are there laws in some of the states that are preventing this? And has this caused problems with people who are not ready to meet the person that they gave up? It's definitely a very sensitive um, situation, but the laws that surround that now have been a little bit more relaxed than they were before. Um, there are things things that you can do in order to get records that we weren't we couldn't do um, ten years ago, for example. But however, that's not the process that I use in order to um, reconnect family. The, gen the using genetics allows me to uh, the process that I use is called triangulation. And what that means is that if I can find a connection between at least three people and that and the, and the connection surfaces over and over again, then that means that those people are more than likely within the same family cluster. Uh, and if so, then I can, yes, I, mean, I have to be very, very careful, you know, in trying to reach out to people who may not want to be reached out to. So, yeah, the laws are not exactly, but it's just that it's just, you know, knowing what to do and when to do it in order to reach out to people. And I think that William and Caitlin's situation is a, a great example of how it works when it works best. Okay, now now that you've uh, kind of brought that into the fray, I want to go ahead and uh, introduce Caitlin Broaden. But before I do, I want to share something with everyone. Um, on February the 17th of this year, I received an email from Caitlin. And it said, hi, was just reaching out because I have been wanting to find my biological family as I was adopted. Now you can imagine at this point, I kind of sat back and I started I started scratching my head and retracing my steps. Cause you know, 30 years in the military, I moved all over the place. But then uh, I kept on reading and it says, the email says, it says, you're my second cousin. And I was wondering if you had any insight or could possibly send me in the right direction. So at that point I responded immediately but I want to uh, bring Caitlin Broughton in to tell the rest of her story. And, and it, it's a fascinating story. Go ahead, Caitlin, you're muted right now. Um, yeah, so I had just happened to use Ancestry because uh, one of my best friends, uh, Josiah, had done it and he put his information on Facebook and we had just kind of talked about it. And I was like, oh, you know, like I would like to know, like I'm, I'm unsure of who my biological father is, um, but at this point, I have I've known my my biological mother, and when I did it, I we got the matches back, and then when I saw you, and I was like, I definitely do not know this guy, and I was like, so I believe that he is a part of of my father's family, um, and so yeah, so that's when I reached out to you, and um, was able to make this connection and go down this journey. Um, where you put me in touch with Angelus, and then we were able to um, find out about, um, I believe you said it was your aunt that you hadn't seen in like so many years. And when we had her do the ancestry, it came to find out that she was my grandmother. And so from there, we, I talked to her 
and we were able to narrow down which son that um, I could, um, who could potentially be my father, and his name's Lee, um, and he unfortunately passed away, I believe, in 2013, but I was able to find out that I have um, four, like, four brothers and a sister, and people I didn't even know, and people in William's family, or, well, my family as well, have been you know, reaching out to me. And it's, it's been amazing. Cause I, I just grew up with my mom and I, and like, I have like a super small, like super, super small family. And so seeing all these people that are not only related to me, but just like our family and how much they love each other. When I look through these Facebook photos and stuff like that has been, has been really awesome. Cause it's really just been my mom and I. So I, go ahead. Liz. I, I think the, that is awesome for you, Caitlin. Uh, I had the same experience. Uh, William and I were talking about that. I was contacted by somebody that's trying to uh, find uh, their father, too. Um, and uh, as far as I know, they haven't been able to do that. But just having that connection with a blood relative, your people, uh, I, can, I can tell that you and William are close. Look at your noses. <laughs> So it, it just gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling. So how did you really feel uh, just finding everybody? Could you tell us the emotional part of it that you went through? Yeah, for sure. Um, at first, it was really overwhelming, I guess, in a sense, because it wasn't something it, like that wasn't the journey that I was trying to take. Um, and so I... I don't know how to explain it. Like whenever I found them, I like, I felt relieved for a moment that I didn't even know that I was really looking for. Um, because like that, that was a journey that I, I didn't plan on taking for a long time. Like, um, and I didn't even know where to start in taking that. Like it was something that my mom and I had talked about since I was a kid, but we didn't even know where to begin. So like just stumbling upon this and, and finding a group of people that I didn't even know I was looking for was just, I don't know. And I, they've been so open in their hearts to letting me and their family and like come visit and things like that. And so it's just, it's brought so much happiness to me. Um, like I said, cause it's just, it's just been my mom and I. So just to have all these people who now all of a sudden are showing me all this love when they have no idea who I am just because, you know, I am a part of their family has been so beautiful and so awesome. Did you grow up with the knowledge that you were adopted? Yeah, I, I knew the whole time. Um, whenever, so I was born in Kansas City and I had actually lived with my biological mom until I was about two years old. Um, and then I, I just guess one day she decided that um, she like just didn't want me anymore. I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know what was going through her mind in the moment. But my mom was actually her boss at her job. And my biological mom asked her to watch me for like a, a week or so while she was getting some things in order. And then she just didn't like come back to pick me up. And so like I was almost just like dropped on my mom's doorstep. And, you know, she was strong enough and loving enough to bring me in and raise me as her own. But I'm, yeah, I've known the whole time that, um, she, that I, I had different parents. Okay. All right. So you have memories of your biological mom? Uh, yeah. So she would come in and out of my life growing up and stuff like that. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I have those memories there, but I, I don't really know her very well. Um, I would just know her as, as sometimes when she would come in and out. Uh, Angelus, uh, Caitlin said that she, she really didn't know where to start, but anyone in her situation or just people wanting to uh, research their family, generally speaking, what is the best place to start? Well, Caitlin <clears throat> actually is a, uh, a, an example of, of what goes on now because of the anticipation, no matter what company. Uh, usually it starts with Okay, traditionally, people would start with contacting an agency. However, because of all the testing at Ancestry and other companies, it starts the way Caitlin started hers, with an email or a message to a relative that's not known uh, or reaching out to someone who um, you may have seen something on Facebook. You know, somebody said, hey, I found my bio family and I did it through Ancestry uh, and all of the various, uh, you know, uh, uh, ads and this kind of thing that the Ancestry companies, Ancestry, 23andMe, Family Tree DNA, all of those companies have a lot of advertising they're doing now. And they usually use people who have found a family. So it's not the traditional way. And what happens is, like, for instance, in, in, in uh, this case, um, there are there are people who devote their time. There are, uh, for instance, there are, there's a whole group called Search Angels. And if you know someone who needs to find a bio family, bio uh, uh, a, a nun, a parent that's not that's absent or whatever, then those they have they devote hours and hours of time. And that's what I do. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I've been a search angel, but it, it, I have so many people that I just kind of do it on my own now because people reach out to me. So it's, it's very easy now to find someone to help to find your biological parents. Um, but there's no, tradi- that is not traditional anymore. It's just ancestry, uh, people helping people. That's what we do. We just help people. And may I say this, the, how I got into this was my own mother. Um, my mother, who was 79 years old, saw me every day. You know, she would come visit, and I'm, I was, I'd retired. I was researching my, my dad's side of the family, which I had been doing since I was 10 years old. And by that time, I don't want to give my age away, but, you know, I was old enough to to have amassed a lot of information. And she just said, uh, you know, you're always researching your father. You, I, you've never researched my side of the family. And the reason I had never researched her side of the family was because she was there. My father left home when I was five years old. And it was that need, you know, to know more about his family. I thought she knew her family because I knew her family. But it turned out that she didn't know um, she, that she was uncertain about who her, fa- her father was. So when she told me that, immediately I brought her a, a, a kid. And at, at 79 uh, years old, she was able to confirm who she thought her biological father was. Her mother died when she was a little girl, and she was adopted by a, her family, her mother's family, but she didn't know 
anything much about her mother or her father. Uh, she knew her, that her father had always come al- around and told her, I'm your father, but then there was speculation that he might not have been. So she wanted to know. Um, she told me, she said, I wish I knew before I died who my father is exactly. Before she died at 83 years old, she not only knew with certainty who her father was, she also knew all her relatives. She was, she, uh, just as Kayla said, people who loved her but didn't know her before. She had a, a, a whole village in Africa now that she knew that her parents, her, both parents, set of parents came from. And so she was happy that, she, that but through ancestry, she was able to know herself because she knew who she, who she came from mm-hmm. and where she came from. So this story is not something that's unique to just one person. This is something that I have somebody contacting me every day, more than once a day, needing help to find their biological parents or their family. And so often their, their parents may not be here anymore. They may be deceased. Well, I'd like to uh, ask Caitlin, what is it in you that you felt it was important for you to know this information? Um, I believe maybe it was more just trying to understand, like Angela said, just where I came from. Um, like I, I knew some of my biological mother's family, but like, I, I don't look like much like my biological mother. Like I don't like the same things and things like that. And so like, I always wondered like where some pieces and some quirks of my personality came from. And I even remember, um, the first time I texted my brother Lee and the first thing he texted me was, you've got flat feet, don't you? And I texted him back and I said, I have the flattest feet in the entire world. How did you know that? And he was like, yeah, you got that from dad. And I also found out that my dad owned after he, um, they owned like a string of laundromats. And then when he left the laundromat business, he went into computers, which is exactly what I went to school for. And like, I didn't understand, like, cause I switched majors and then randomly found computers and like fell in love with it and was just naturally really good at them. And then I found out that my, my dad owned a computer shop where my brothers actually went to school um, for computers as well. And even like wanting to go into the, like I was going to go into the Navy after high school. Um, but one of my friends convinced me not to because I was getting really good at rugby just to find out that my dad was in the Navy and also my brother went to the Naval Academy. And so like finding different things that like I just thought were just like random things that I wanted to do or random things that I like, I was, I've now found out that these were things that my dad loved and like what my brother loves and stuff like that. And, and things that I thought were random or, or not random at all. Helping you wow. put the pieces together. Um, you know, your, your brother is my first cousin. And when, when we first started uh, communicating, I, you remember I told you, I, once we de- uh, decided, uh, we determined what side of my family you were on, I told you, I guarantee you, I know who your father is. Because I, I grew up with all of my first cousins in Gary, Indiana, all of them. 
And then I started asking around uh, to see who had either been through the uh, Kansas City, St. Louis area. And it turns out I didn't know all of my first cousins because my father had one sister that I had never met. And, and, and by extension, I, I didn't know any of her children. She had four children that I also never met. She was only, and I, I completely forgot about her. I knew of her, but, but I had never met her. So it, it just so happens that your dad was one of the uh, four first cousins that I, I did not know. But once we put that together, it was kind of off to the races. So what's next? Okay, you've put a big piece of the puzzle together. What's next in your journey? Your, your mic again. Go ahead. Better? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, so the next step is just meeting everybody. Um, continuing to talk to him over the phone now, um, and then as as it gets safer and stuff, um, being able to go out and actually meet people face to face is 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 my next goal for sure. Okay. I have a question for Angelus. Um, in this process with people, uh, I'd be willing to bet you've helped quite a few people. Have you had uh, anyone that was disappointed? and upset that they found their biological people or if, if it was that way on the other end, if, the, if the, uh, the biological parents were upset that they were found. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, um, in both of those scenarios, I found there sometimes even the parents of the person who's looking for, for example, if you have a, a, a mother who, um, who has a child and the child does not know the father, uh, sometimes that mother may not want the child to know the father and, uh, and may know the father's name. This happens quite a lot, but won't tell the child. Child is now, you know, an adult and wants to know who she, she is or who he is. And, and, but the mother is insistent that no, you know, just leave it alone. And that happens a lot. And the person, you know, goes out and they, because they, they want to know, they want to know who they are. And I've, I've had cases where after the, after the person, after the child finds the father or the, even the mother that the, um, the, the parent who has been present would just be unha so unhappy that they don't want to see the child anymore. And, and you know, it's really kind of uh, very disappointing. Um, sometimes it, they don't, you, you will find a bio parent and the parent doesn't want to have anything to do with the child because the other, he's, he or she may be married to someone now that they don't want anybody to know that they have a child uh, in this situation. All kinds of scenarios. But for the most part, it always ends, you know, most of the situations that I've had in, in a very positive light. But yes, there are times when you have people who just don't want to be involved, don't want to know. Um, and sometimes the person who 
you know, uh, it, it, you it, you have to really uh, steer people to to get help. Um, you have to, te- you know, it's a very emotional. This is a very emotional thing. It, it, it there are highs and lows. There are disappointments. There are, you know, uh, celebrations. But there are uh, there is always a situation where you have you might have to recommend that someone gets some some uh, psychological help, some mental help, uh, work because they can't handle it. They can't handle either not knowing that they they weren't who they thought they were. Or not, or not being accepted by the family they have finally found. Uh, all of those are very, very sad situations. Uh, we have a, a network of people that we can make referrals to uh, uh, who have gone through this. So they kind of help each other, um, talk to each other through that. Uh, they, they've joined together to make uh, it's all kind of help out there, support systems out there now. But yes, ma'am, thank you for asking that question. For our listening audience, we're speaking with Angelus Robinson Smith, genetic genealogist and founder of Alabama Black Belt Genealogy on Facebook. And we're also speaking with Caitlin Broaden. Caitlin joined us today to tell us about her journey and finding her biological family. Uh, Caitlin, Angelus mentioned that some people. Um, you know, it's, it's some people are a little bit reserved or don't want to know or other people don't want that person to know. But once you and I started communicating, you were kind of all in, you know, there, there was no stopping. Did you ever at any point feel any kind of hesita- hesitancy or reservation about moving forward with, with uh, your quest to find your biological family? Um. I believe the moment it was there and it was open to me. Um, And I even, I had called my mom about it and been like, Hey, there's people that I've matched with that are definitely a part of my father's family. Like, is this something that I want to do? And she like, we were on the phone and she was like, you know, that this is something that you've always wanted. Um, And so I don't even have to give you the answer to this question. And I was just like, you're right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Like I, I have this opportunity. I have this time. Why not? Like, obviously the, this was put in my path and in, in my life for a reason. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to not like, I didn't want to regret not reaching out. Um, and so the moment that I had the opportunity, yeah, I was, it was as a hundred percent go. And, um, and even as, as Angela said, um, whenever I was trying to get more information for my biological mom, um, growing up, she always, she always had so many stories about who my father was. She didn't know him. She knew him, you know, things that happened and, but she could, she would never want to give me information. Um, and I think, I think it was just because, you know, from what I've learned about my father, he was, he was an awesome guy. And, you know, I think for her, she was, Uh, possibly afraid that I wasn't that I would go like find him go back with him and then you know it would be harder for her to to try and reach out to me if she wanted to and things like that and but once I got on this path and I was I was right on the door of who my father was you know she started giving me information that she had never given me before 
in my entire life. And, you know, at, at first my mom and I were like really upset. Like it was as it was on par with, you know, some of the things that she's done since I was a kid. But after we, after my mom and I really had a conversation about it, it was, it was understandable. Like being a woman who already couldn't take care of her child and then also giving her an outlet to possibly someone who could, possibly someone who could, you know, take me further away, um, can like considering the things that she was going through personally in her life. Um, you know, now I'm able to sit and be like, okay, like, I don't agree with what she did, but I understand that fear. Um, but you know, once she, even once she saw that I was, I was there and I was asking so many questions, how did you know him? Do you remember his work truck and things like that? Like, I think even at that moment, she knew that she, that, you know, she needed to, to, to give me that information, um, because it was just the right thing to do. So your, your adopted mom was, has been very supportive from the beginning. And uh, a little bit of a different story with your biological mom. Is she still in your life? Um, not really. Um, we've never really had um, a, a good relationship just because of her past drug use and things like that. And just like the in and out. Um, and so, you know, like the door is always open, but like it's almost she doesn't always come through the door kind of sense of her relationship with me and my biological mom. Um, and so, you know, you just, you just let her come and go as she pleases and, and do, do, do what she needs to do. Um, but not really a relationship there, but you know, like my adopted mom's like my best friend. And so having her in my life is, is such a blessing. I, I heard you, Caitlin say, uh, my mom, and then you, do you call your biological mother mom and then your adoptive mother mom or how do you dif- and the reason I'm asking because I think I told you before the show started I have an adopted son who I informed early on that he was adopted and that we would find his family when he when he wanted us to uh, or we would help him and so I did that and the very first conversation that he had with his biological mother, he put his he put the hand over the phone and go, well, what do I call her? That was the very first question. He, so with you, you did how do you uh deal with that? Who's mom and who's who's mom? Well, um now I, I just call my biological mom by her first name. Yeah. And I think that's just due to the relationship or, or lack thereof. Um I I think possibly if there was a relationship and we had become closer or like get to do those things. Like I may pos- like I may have possibly called her mom, but because there isn't one there, she, to me, she's just Tanya and my mom is, is my mom. Um, and so, yeah. And so like, if I would have met, if I would have been able to meet Lee and we, we could have developed a relationship and maybe developed a close one. There's like, I probably would have been like, that's my dad. Yeah. Um, but because there is no relationship, like he's my dad, but like when I refer to him to other people, I'm like, oh, this is, this is Lee. Yeah. And so well, yeah, I feel like it just depends on the relationship that's being, that's able to be cultivated. Yeah. Same thing with my son. I kind of felt kind of sorry because uh, we, 
his mom took, I met the, his sister and grandmother first and we just hit it off uh, and we're family. But with his biological mother, it took her a while. She was in a relationship that this man didn't know that she had um, um, a, another child and that he was black. She's white and, and she didn't want anybody to know she'd given birth to a black child. And, and it took her several weeks and I kept wondering, why hasn't she called? Uh, is she gonna call? And they go, yeah, yeah, she's gonna call. But it took two or three weeks for her to tell her partner, I have a child and he's biracial and he wants to meet me. So I think that kind of stuff is, was kind of painful and we kind of got through that a little bit, but I, you know, I'm glad yours one didn't turn out that way. Uh, and Angelus, I have a question for you, please. Okay. Um, uh, when you have uh, helped someone uh, to find their biological people, or even if it's not, let's say we're not talking about adopters, just helping someone find their ancestors. Um, what are some of the reasons that people give you if they do for wanting to know about their ancestors? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, some reasons are, you know, they, they, we have, I, in my group, uh, I do a lot of surveys and I want to know. So a lot of times African-Americans don't know who they who their great-grandparents are. They may know their grandparents, but they don't know their great-grandparents. So that's one reason that people give me. I want to know who my great-grandparents are. And, you know, for people who may know who their great-grandparents are, that might seem, well, you know, kind of, why don't you know? But there are a lot of people who don't know that, don't know that information. They may know, um, I have people who will say, well, you know, my great-grandfather died. I just don't know anything about it. So they want to know who they are on each side of the family. They want to know ethnicity. Uh, seems to be a, a major thing for people to know. They want to know if they have that Indian in them like grandma and grandpa told them. That's one of the big things. Um, they want to know if they came from a particular part of the country, you know, whether they were, especially when they get the uh, ancestry results back and they find that they have a lot of matches in the South. Oh, you know, that's a big deal. They want to know exactly who these people are and how did their parents, or uh, how they got to be related to these people when their parents never lived in the South. They never lived in the Black Belt. So that's, a, that's another reason. Uh, uh, and, a lot of people have problems researching because their their families may have been, their ancestors may have been a part of the under, Underground Railroad. So they don't even know how to start with that. So they want to they know techniques in order to find out, okay, names change. They may have been Johnsons in the beginning, but now they might be McCall's. Why? What happened? I got a lot of these people. What happened? So the the reasons are vast, but for the most reason, it always has to do with knowing self-identity. They want to know themselves, who they are. 
whether they came where they came from, where their ancestors came from, whether they were free people of color or not, whether they are Native Americans or not. It's just all kind of reasons, but everyone usually have um, have their own reasons that they want to to research. Uh, are there any health related reasons to reach out? Um, there are, yeah. Uh, 23andMe is a company that does the health related, um, uh, health related um, uh, ancestry or ancestry, uh, I'm sorry, reports. That's the word I'm looking for. And not as many as people who want to know the ethnicity, but there are some people who will reach out because they have some health issues. Uh, there are people who may have need a. I've had people to reach out to me in my own um, family who might need a kidney or need a tra- need a transplant and want to see if they can find a man. But yes, there may be some rare diseases in the family, and they're reaching out to find out if this is something that you know was in a particular uh, gene. Twenty uh, Three Me is great at giving that information. Uh, if you have arthritis, you know, where did they come from? Uh, but most times it's major diseases when people reach out like that. Okay. But that's a good question because it happens. You know, I, I uh, had an experience with uh, Ancestry.com. For a few years, I would get to my grandparents and I couldn't go any further, just could not find any information. And then, Angelus, once I got involved with uh, your group, Alabama Black Bell Genealogy, someone advised me to check the spelling. And as it mm-hmm. turns out, my my great-grandfather's name was misspelled. It's only four letters, but there was mm-hmm. one letter. It was one letter off. And that one letter kept me from finding the rest of that information for like four or five years. But once I did figure it out, then it, the, the floodgates opened. And what that yeah. led me to was finding my second great-grandfather and uh, the family secret about this guy, he had three wives simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And, and back then he was a man of some wealth. So he, he, uh, he owned uh, land. He owned uh, mm-hmm. businesses. And what was even now that was on my uh, maternal side of the family. Maternal, right. Yeah. And on my father's side of the family, my great granddad from Arkansas also was a, a man of some social standing. He had uh, uh, several houses and he lost all of his wealth through rape, through uh, discrimination. But it, it was just interesting to me about how those uh, black men back during those times were able to accumulate that kind of wealth. Um, Caitlin, Caitlin, I wanted to ask you, um, do you intend to do more research uh, on your family tree? Don't worry about this side. I got that covered. <laughs> but do you intend to use Ancestry for any more uh, searches? Uh, yeah, I believe I believe so in the future. Um, as of right now, it's just wanting to meet and you know get to know the people. Um, that I've been able to meet so far um, and then continue out that way because um, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. 
Um, so yeah, so first it's just, it's just finally being able to meet people. And then once I start doing that, I, I definitely want to dive, um, even deeper into, uh, who my family is. You mentioned you came from a very small family, uh, where you, who you grew up with to this family. And I'm going to tell you that you're going to need a bigger boat. That's all to it. <laughs> you got a lot of family to get to know. Angelus, um, in my family, um, we, we've done a little bit of research and went back and we found out that we have white relatives. And in one of the reunions, we, there was a big discussion about whether to reach out and let them know we are related. Have you come across issues like that? Yes. Yes. Um, that happens often also, but you know, I, I've been really, well, it seems to be a change from, um, over the 10 years I've been doing genetic genealogy or, or, or 12 years. At first it was really, really difficult to reach out to those white relatives. Uh, and you would see, of course, the occasional story, Sadie Hemmings or something. But um, there were, there have been times when people tried to reach out and it was, you know, even on Ancestry in the Messenger, uh, really got very, very harsh replies back. I myself have gotten replies that, you know, don't contact me anymore. I don't have any black people in my family, that kind of thing. Yeah. Within the yeah, you know, um that's even what people you think. who huh? I said that's what yeah. you, that's what they think. That's what they think, yeah. And they were I mean, even though there was for example, I had one guy uh who was on my X chromosome, which means that you know that was on his mother's side of the family and I could trace that back to my great great my second great grand grandmother, uh whose father uh, was a white man by the name of James N. Rogers. Uh, and I had that information all to trace back from his father to six, seven, great, great, great grandparents. So he, he was really, he was matching everybody in the family. And I said, and, and even on the X chromosome, that, that's that six chromosome, but refused to believe that he was related to any of us. So he started to test people and other people in his family, children, that kind of thing. They were all they all came back. So he finally gave it up. You know, he said, "You know, I gotta just it's, it's gotta be true because you're related to everybody in my family." Wow. But it took some years before he would admit that. You know, after at least five years before he would admit, "Yeah, you gotta be related to me." And then all of his cousins, he had cousins who started testing and it was just bit, hey, it got to be building up to a big, large family here. And there, I mean, some, but some people would be really, really nasty. But lately I've been, instead of me having to reach out, and I know other people have had this experience as well, I have people contacting me and saying, look, I can't do anything about slavery, uh, but I want to know you know, who you are, I want you to know that you're family because DNA doesn't lie. So it, 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 you, you can see that time has changed, times are changing. I don't know what's causing this, but I've gotten 
two or three in the last couple of weeks saying, look, I, 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 I'm glad to know you. I want to know you. Um, you know, we are family and that's just it. But it hasn't always been, and it's still not always. I've got one person I'm wor- I've worked with um, who she reached out to, third cousin, a uh, mixed girl, uh, young lady, and the young lady wrote her back and said, look, this you can't be related to me because you're black, no matter if it does say that it's third cousin. You need to stop trying to reach out to me. And she said, well, what do I do? I said, well, look, she's going to come back to you. But she got really, really ugly in her her messages. And uh, she started writing back, you know, her own said, look, I talked to my, that something is wrong with this ancestry test. So I took 23andMe. Something is wrong with 23andMe. It's saying that I'm related to all these black people. Something, these tests are bogus. And then someone in her family took her aside and said, the test are no, your dad is a black man that your mom was seeing when she was not, she was separated from her husband. So, you know, these tests are right. And so she apologized. And since then, she's been trying to, to really find out who she is. But uh, it, it's not easy, you know, to find out that you're not who you think you were. You are. Um, but yes, ma'am, that you asked some excellent questions. But I do want to go back to the one on the health, if you will allow me. Yes, please. Because I want, I, I want, I want people to understand too that doing those type of tests can really save your life. Um, because they give you information. They they don't. It's not a diagnosis, but they will tell you if you have uh, some trait in your family. For example, I'm just going to use myself. My, um, I, I, I had the gene for uh, colorectal cancer. My sister and I both have the gene, not on my mother's side, uh, for breast cancer. And I was, you know, because of that, I, I sincerely think that that saved my life because when the time came for um, my examination, uh, at one point, you know, when you were so young, they were so just wait until you for it. I said, no, because this test says that I carry this gene. I want to check. And sure enough, I had, you know, a, a, a lump. And because of that, if I had waited for the appropriate time, it might have been uh, malignant. But instead, it wasn't. Uh, colorectal cancer runs in my family. I have several people who have died because of that. And because I know that that's, that I carry the gene for that, my doctors, which who could not believe, by the way, that I had all this great information, I don't wait until five years to take my test. They know that I need to do it on a re- more regular basis. So those kind of tests are important, especially when you know you can see a pattern in your family. I, I think 23andMe and what they're doing with the health um, portion of this is, is just wonderful. Yes. I know from being a historian and, and, and talking to different people, um, you know, there was a time in this country where being part Indian was awful because Indians were mm-hmm. savages. And, they, and, yeah. and you were called half-breed and you know all the names. And now, and it has been for a while, everybody would tell you they have Indian blood in them. 
all black yeah. folks who say they're white people, uh, you know, I'm I'm Indian. It's slowly coming, and I'm glad I'm alive to hear it. there's gonna be pride in people saying, I got black blood. I have a friend that said, Liz, I, I did the, the DNA. I have I'm 14% African American. Yeah. And then he yeah. says, whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it means that he has somebody passing in his family, and it's fourteen uh, percent. That's kind of that's a lot. That's a lot. That's recent too. Yeah, so someone yeah. passed, and they, he didn't know. You know, they didn't know. They didn't allow anyone yeah. to know. That, and that happens a lot too. Even two percent. If you have two percent, someone passed, then you're probably during the time of slavery. Uh, I, I I see I see where um, certain people will leave the state and 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 take someone with them, and nobody knows that person, that, especially women. But it's not only um, that you know you you've got those people who uh, in certain regions who were tri-racial and they left places like. Um, and, and I'm sure you know this as a historian, they left places like North Carolina, went to Tennessee, and then on into the Black Belt in Alabama to escape the scrutiny of them being tri-racial. Mm -hmm. so, but when they got south, they, they, they were no longer tri-racial. They were just white. So, and yep. that happened a lot. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, Caitlin. What would you say to someone else um, in your situation who is about to proceed with uh, finding their, their biological family? You, you are a young uh, biracial woman. Uh, most of us, like I think Liz, maybe Angelus and uh, myself, when we research our family tree, I find out that there's a, uh, a white woman or white male somewhere uh, preceding me, mm -hmm. one of my ancestors. But you're right there already. You know your mom is white, your dad was black. How do you, how would you advise someone else to proceed in, in your situation? Um, someone who's, who's doing the same thing I did, I, I would really say go for it. Um, this experience for me has been one of the most eye-opening, awesome things that I have, I've ever done. And I mean, I play rugby, so that's a lot of cool stuff right there anyways. But this has been something in like, just almost in, in my heart that has just opened up so much for me. Um, and so, you know, if they have the emotional capacity, if they, you know, are ready to journey into that, I, you know, I say a hundred percent to go for it because you you find out some pretty cool things um i think one of my favorites is i share a birthday with like i think they said four to five people in my family and i just thought my birthday was just a random day and so like just little things like that that you that you learn about yourself that you never knew um and things that make you just go oh that's why i do that and so i think 100 to go for it Okay, and with that, unfortunately, we're out of time. Angelus, I did want to uh, kind of get into how to interpret uh, DNA results, but oh yeah, we're, we're going to have to do that uh, offline or maybe uh, part two of this show. Well, so I'd be glad to do it. I feel like I haven't offered nearly enough information 
you've been so kind to invite me, but I, that would be an awesome presentation if you want to have me back to do that. I, I do. I want to know about that. <laughs> it's a date. It's a date. Uh, and and Caitlin, you and I are going to meet up when you go out and visit your grandmother, my Aunt Bonnie, in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, and I'll, I'll let you know um, when I'm going to do that. I want my mom to, to be able to come. Um, so we're just working on her schedule um, for her to be able to come out as well so, so she can meet everyone too. Okay, that'd be, that, awesome. that'd be great. So on that note, we want to thank Angelus Robinson-Smith and Caitlin Broaden for joining us to discuss the fascinating topic of African-American genealogical research. To learn more, visit Researching African-American Genealogy at www.familysearch.org. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea or an event or happening the African-American community should know about, well, let's hear about it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone. Our assistant producer is yours truly. Our consultant and WFHB News Department director is Cade Young. Program engineer is Chantal LaFontant. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm William Hosea. And I'm Liz Mitchell. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.